Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lena Solmark is struggling with rebound control. You know, he's allowing a lot of goals on second, third shots. Uh, we're seeing rebounds from Jeremy Swayman too. Must be bad. It's it's a pipe dream to assume that a goaltender is never going to allow rebounds. A lot of rebound control is very intentional with with goaltenders. Um, it goes down. It's it's real geeky. Like it goes not more geeky. Um, shout out to Chanel. Um, <laughs> No, I smash that record button. Smashing it up. It's Bruising Bruins. <laughs> it's the Bruising Bruins podcast. No, all right. Uh, ready to rock? I've definitely done a morning shock jock intro before. Sure. No, one, no one said anything, so I'm pretty yeah. sure nobody listens to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Bruise and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasbrook. We are joined, as per usual, by my lovely co-host Chris Gear, and also Drew's here. And uh, we've got our multiple-time guest and one-time host, soon-to-be two-time host, Kat Silverman, back on the pod. Uh, this is normally a, a beer podcast, but Chris is just whipping out the wine right now. I see. Um, I was thinking about diving into the hard liquor tonight, but I actually already got another beer out uh, that I picked up earlier today. Chris, I'm just gonna just toss it over to you. It looks like you got something to share there. Oh, we have uh, an FJ Sarah 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from Sonoma. Uh, my, my mom. I don't even remember when she did this. My mom sent me one of those like wine of the month club, but like the the free sample one where it's like, <laughs> oh, here here's like 12 bottles of wine for whatever absurd price and forgot that she did that until Thanksgiving when we opened up a bottle and still have some left over. So decided to pour myself a small glass of this and uh, oh, yes, notes of oak, uh, white pepper. Is that a thing? Red currant, yeah, just your classic Cabernet Sauvignon uh, nose. Chris is saying all this with his pinky up, by the way, in case in case you were wondering. Ah, uh, yes, um, very stupid. It's it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as dry as most uh, Cab Sauvs. It's uh, it's it's a little fruity, a little bit sweet. Um, the it, it is peppery on the tongue. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good wine. It's enjoyable. Um, let's give it tasteability. 
you know, it's a pretty mild flavor. Um, 12 drinkability. Should I, uh, should I scale it for wine or should I just do it on the, I don't know. Do it on the, like the marshy, the marshy scale. It's more of a wine guy. Confuse people even further. All right. Um, let's see. Drinkability. It's a 48 out of 63. Give it the Matt Grizzly. Wow. So just splitting scales and everything. All right. That was, that was not what I was expecting here, but we'll take it. (laughs) Cat's cracking open. I think her first beer, but maybe her second. I already saw you grab one, so I'm hoping it's your second beer. This is is the first one. (laughs) This is is that same one I grabbed. Um, No, I press record. (laughs) Had to prep. Had to get ready. Um, No, I think I've I've had this one on before. I've kind of it's kind of a blur um, because I've been on a few times. This is the Papago Orange Blossom. It's a mandarin wheat, um, which I I know we've talked about how I'm a big fan of blueberry beers. Um, also a big fan of all fruit beers. Um, and I love wheat beer because um, it's not quite as hoppy, in my opinion. I'm looking to see where this is made. It's out of Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very drinkable wheat beer. Um, not overpoweringly orange, but definitely on the sweeter side, um, which I feel like a lot of the wheat beers tend to be um i have no idea what the alcohol content of this is we're just gonna five percent um i've got four of them left so we'll see how many i can get through um while recording <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i work nine to five tomorrow so i'll be fine um nice. i think drinkability i don't know wheat beers aren't they're not like a Coors Light or anything so um probably like a 20 out of 36 um very drinkable but you can't just like i don't think you could shotgun a wheat beer very comfortably um yeah. and then taste not with that attitude probably yeah. i mean i could i just don't think i'd have a fun time after um and then uh tasteability uh, like a 22 um, yes, and by that i mean like 20 as well with the drinkability so it's 20 comma two yeah yes comma as well 20 as well Um, uh, lancy when you're recording all of the uh (laughs) all of the the numbers um into the mysterious spreadsheet yeah i mean tastes good easy to drink just not one you'd want to crush a a case or anything nice respectable um i'll take over your uh your blueberry mention i've got another blueberry beer on the pod uh see cam with a blueberry what (laughs) yeah i know crazy right uh, I'm really living up to that main uh, resident blueberry. Yeah, resident blueberry. <laughs> I didn't um, know if you guys were bleeping that out. Like, oh no, no, we're the, loud and proud. Um, no, yeah, I'm, uh, okay. uh, I, uh, let me go on record and say I'm I'm not going to say that word on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm I'm empowering blueberry lovers across the world right now, so I don't think it's like an issue. Um, <laughs> We'll see about that. <laughs> good, good timing for Isabel to come. Yes, show. it's great. Hello, Isabel. Uh, I am drinking a Blueberry Delight Milkshake IPA from Brickyard Hollow. Uh, this place has got a couple spots in Maine. There's one here in Portland. I actually went to the one up in Freeport earlier today. Yeah, it's a uh, – I'm always interested by the milkshake IPAs. Um, I think I've mentioned on the pod a couple times, Definitive Brewing here in Portland does some really, really good milkshake IPAs. Um but I, I saw this one at Brickyard Hollow. They had 
some really good stone oven pizza, by the way, that I got earlier. Really good stuff. Uh, but on the way out, I saw the four pack of, of milkshake IPAs. And of course, me being a resident blueberry slut, decided to uh, snag that one. And here we go. Yeah. So this one, first of all, I, I saved it all day to, to try it now first on the pod. Uh, coming in at 6%, I, I poured it here and I was trying to figure out what color it is. So I just Googled colors between blue and purple. Uh, and I got a whole range of them here. And I'm going to go based on this Pinterest site that I pulled up here. It's somewhere between deep ruby and boysenberry is the color. Um, very hazy. You cannot see through it. Yeah, you can look that one up. I'm sure you guys have that exact uh, range in your mind. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the, the deep ruby to boysenberry range. I was thinking mauve, but you know. I actually was going to say the only other one that I was thinking was similar was the, the old mauve specifically, um, according to this website. Don't don't Fuck catch new me with that. Yeah, don't catch me with that new mauve. Um, but yeah, it's it's got that kind of no uh, new mauve, deep purple reddish color to it. It's pretty hazy; you cannot see through it. It's not quite as thick or appearing as thick as uh, some of the other milkshake IPAs that I've had, but it definitely does have that haziness to it. Um, yeah, Maine, of course, known for the blueberries, says this. Super hazy, creamy, full-bodied IPA with big blueberry aroma and flavor, low bitterness, and a vanilla flavor. Uh, it also mentions that apparently wild blueberries have about half the sugar as cultivated berries. And then it mentions that they make great watercolor paint. So I'm hoping they did not put any paint in this beer. But uh, let's give it a go. That, that's not how... Okay, anyway, never mind. Mmm. <laughs> that is a... Just let them believe. Um, That's somehow so much more unsettling when we can't see your face. Yeah, <laughs> no. So better like, that way. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, and it's, <laughs> we're already doing some very visual things. But Cam doing visual things while we also can't see him is yeah. just like an extra <laughs> level. Of, I'm trying to give you guys the experience of the the listeners. Paint a word picture with your good. watercolor blueberries. I'll be there in 15 minutes, Cam. Let me just Perfect. run down the street. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so the first thing that jumps out to me is that this is definitely sweet. Um, not like a, some of, not like a sour sweet kind of, it's not like a, like a sugary sweet by any means. It's more of that kind of softer vanilla sweet that you get to it. Uh, I definitely do taste that vanilla in there for sure. Um, not too much of a tart. It's more of a, more of a, like I said, kind of that calmer sweetness to it. I know with blueberries, one of the reasons I love them is because you get some tart, you get some sweet kind of depends on the bite. This would definitely be closer to like the, the kind of like mushier blueberries where they're they're past ripe and they're they're a little bit um, you know less less sour and kind of that duller sweetness to it. Um, it is pretty good. I think it's going to be a little bit polarizing, maybe depending on whether you like that kind of flavor. Um, but yeah, I mean it's got a, a good body to it, and I'm a fan. Drinkability here probably not terribly high just because it is a very unique flavor uh even though it is just six percent i'm gonna chop that in somewhere around 19 uh taste you can certainly taste that i'm gonna give that a 35 um overall pretty good beer uh give it a try brickyard hollow cool cool spot definitely would recommend uh one of the cool name like you can't hollow is a really cool spot right by uh right in old port yeah you can't call yourself brickyard hollow and then be like yeah lame I almost bought one of their t-shirts earlier because their logo is pretty sick. It's like a um, like a growler with the, the state of Maine kind of engraved into it. I'm, so I'm imagining their, uh, 
their brewery is carved into the body of an old oak. And I, I was the, getting the rest like is uh, built of uh, old like industrial, bricks. yeah, like industrial kind of thing. The place um, that I went to in Old Port, that was the Brickyard Hollow location. It looked like it was like almost an old like <clears throat> fire uh, house. Like it looked like you could pit, fit like just two fire trucks in there, and it was like this open garage kind of thing. It was really so you, cool. it was looked like a cool. hollow brickyard. You're saying, almost. yeah, basically. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that makes sense. <laughs> I think that was brick, and it was hollow. Although actually, it says uh, the proud tradition of Yarmouth. So maybe the first one was in Yarmouth. Yarmouth. I don't know. Yarmouth. Yarmouth. Um, wait till wait till Charlie Yarmouth signs with the Bruins next year. But it's all right. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, Drew, what you got to drink here tonight? So I got one you know and love. It's a uh, shipyard pumpkin head, but oh. it's not the shipyard pumpkin head you know and love. What? Because this has five <laughs> milligrams of THC. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> dead by Friday content. It's a uh, pumpkin head THC elixir. And this is why Drew's that. not hosting so Friday content. It only has five milligrams. Uh, but you know, so I've been waiting to get this for. Wow. So what? I've been waiting. To get... <laughs> So I've been waiting to get this for a while because it's always at the dispensary I go to. Well, they they apparently have it and they're always out when I go. But uh, today they were not out. So that's good. Um, Yeah, so definitely taste the pumpkin. It's not like that white pumpkin ale, which is the worst beer on earth. This is good. (laughs) Um, Uh, But yeah, very, very pumpkin-y. Definitely tastes a lot better than the regular pumpkin beer because there's no alcohol kind of weighing it down. Um, But it still does have that kind of like beery weedy like taste um which i've never had a beer that had i've had like thc drinks but never like beer based so it's actually really interesting um a little good yeah, beery drink a, taste you know just like a well usually you know i have like a coca-cola f- like flavored thc drink uh so this is a beer flavored thc have to start rating on beerability beerability <laughs> um drinkability that's gonna be a uh I wanted to say 37, but not quite there. I'm going to go a 32 out of 37. Nice. Um, and tasteability. Oh. Pumpkin. A little bit of weed. <laughs> a little bit. It's great. <laughs> go 37. <laughs> what more could you ask for? <laughs> a little bit of pumpkin, a little bit of weed. Making go. a bong out of a pumpkin, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice pumpkin rib. Never done yeah. that. It's on the bucket list. Neither yeah. have I uh, officially. <laughs> Officially, very nice. Uh, <laughs> cats confused. Look, we'll move past that. Uh, I didn't know that uh, THC beers were a thing. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I know the sodas well, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it doesn't have any alcohol or anything, which is good. I feel like that would be illegal if it had THC yeah, and alcohol. Like, just it'd just be called faded. Yeah, there are some that have. There are some that have CBD though, right? Yeah, yeah this yes, one has yeah. no CBD, but you know, oh, it's those just are THC. Like, yeah, it was zero CBD, <laughs> five milligrams THC. And the last time I had a THC drink on this podcast, it was a uh, court and Colin where our guests in court yeah. took over oh. halfway through. But <laughs> good, good. <laughs> that was a ten milligram drink. This is only five. Okay, should, should be okay. We'll very see. Good. Check in on me in an hour. Yeah, Drew. If you uh, <laughs> if you survive for Age of Empires later, I'm very interested to see where that goes. But that's a that's another story. It could be interesting. So. 
Um, so yeah, we got some some big news dropping this week. Uh, obviously, we've been tracking. <laughs> Fifteen minutes in, let's get to some hockey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. this is the... Look, it's Brews and Bruins. If you want to hit the just the Bruins, you got to skip past. There's the a little inverse. Then... Bruins and Brews. If it was. Yeah, yeah, and that just doesn't roll off the tongue. It does not. There's a little parentheses with uh, then. Speaking of rolls off the tongue, uh, this fine (laughs) FJ Sarah Cabernet (laughs) (laughs) Sauvignon. Uh, I know if we did the beer ability rating, we'd only have (laughs) two of them that actually qualify today. (laughs) Uh, um, So, yeah, anyway, big news coming this week. Uh, We've been tracking it all season. Today, the official return of emergency backup Vezina to Garask, uh, the Ebov stepping into Bruins practice today. Ebrov. The Ebrov. E- the uh, the <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, Don't Rask, get this, rest- this reference. <laughs> Rask stepping in uh, for Linus Omar today, who, like many Bruins, was out with an illness, uh, non-COVID-19 related, we're told. Uh, yeah, nice to see. I mean, obviously Rask has been working out with Bruins trainers and all that stuff and practicing at Warrior today. He actually practiced with the team for the first time uh, since, I don't know when, since a while ago, <laughs> uh, since last season, I guess. Um, has anybody and- checked in on Kaylee? Yeah, she's all over Twitter. She's okay. Yeah, I'm sure she's doing great right now. <laughs> um, yeah, this game was some... Perhaps unsurprisingly hot takes across the internet. <laughs> um, I, I, I let myself get surprised. I don't. Yeah, I, don't know I, why, I, I, did I don't know why I thought this was so, going to be different. I'm really disappointed. I, I am. I thought. I thought like maybe after watching the the first couple weeks of the season, people would be like, "Oh, yeah, I guess y'all were right the whole time." But you know, nah, that was I think I found. Really stupid I think Connor Ryan had the best comment on it when. He was like, Southie Bros dropped twenty eight ninety nine on some Orida tots at stats every Sunday, but are horrified at the Bruins signing Tuka Rast to a prorated $2 million deal oh next month, LMAO. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's like, that's the take. Shouts to your friend of the pod, Connor Ryan. <laughs> I don't. Connor Ryan. Is that what you call everyone? Friend of the pod. <laughs> If if somebody has been on the pod and we enjoyed their company, they're a friend of the pod. So everybody who's been on the pod is a friend of the pod. Very nice. Um, like so through the, the quick videos that I saw, um, which I, I am not the goaltending expert. That's why we have Kat here. But Rass looked like he was playing some goalie. That's for sure. Uh, it looked pretty good. I, I, like, I, this is silly, but like I, I was just like sitting there watching him just take a couple shots. And I was just like in awe of just – like how how quick and it's just it's the thing we talk about with Rask all the time. It's just how easy he makes everything look. He just is so well positioned and then just like ripping out the blocker. It's like boom, got nope, boom, blocker save, glove save. Just like like he's not even trying. He's just half asleep out there recovering pad from save. He from hip save. surgery. Yeah. Well, I we, I didn't want to you know I didn't want to be too redundant. Just run, just run through him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> head save, diving save. No. Um. Yeah, just Scorpions. making it look as, as easy as always. Stacks um, the pads. <laughs> oh, and it worked out. It goes with the windmill. <laughs> <laughs> Denied by default. Wait, what? Um, so, yeah, let's just, let's just get into it. There's some people out there who uh, are hesitant about signing Tuga Rask. And we're not talking about your typical Rask haters. Uh, we're talking about people who think, based on the Bruins goaltending situation and 
you know, whether or not you think signing Linus Omark was a mistake this offseason, we've talked about that plenty before. Um, regardless, or irregardless, no, regardless, that's the one. <laughs> it's It's been a shaky start for Bruins goaltenders. And I, I feel weird saying that because I have been pretty happy with Jeremy Swayman playing. Um, you know, obviously, there's some things you want to work on, and, and we'll toss that to Kat in a second here for some specifics on those, but... Overall, I think pretty happy with the way Swayman's played. Uh, Omar, we'd like to see a little bit more out of him, but again, not not too deep in the season here. There's still some time. Um, obviously, with the contract situation, there's going to be some criticism there. But at the end of the day, some people throwing some interesting takes out here that maybe the Bruins shouldn't sign Tuga Rask if it's going to force them to send Jeremy Swayman down to the AHL. Uh, which I think is pretty bonkers, and I, I think everybody here is going to agree with me, but somebody can feel free to surprise me. Uh, anybody have some some base-level thoughts before we get into the details on, you know, that whole situation there? Tukarask, coming back. All right, he's Drew, we're going to stop Drew here. <laughs> Those are my base thoughts. He's coming back. Like, he's, he's, like, like, why? he's a good goalie. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so one of the, one of the things we talked about was you know, if if both Olmark and Swayman are rolling, what do you do with Tuca when he comes back? And that's not really the case. Like, I mean, the, they're both fine, but I think Olmark's got like a 9-11 right now. Swayman's somewhere like a little north of that. He was at 9-20 before his last game, but mm-hmm. um, he's had a couple of struggle starts. And I mean, he's a good goaltender and he's definitely a, a future piece going forward. Um, but I don't think you're actively making your team worse if you send him down for Tuca. Yeah, absolutely not. I know um, one of the, the bigger names was was DJ Bean for NBC Sports Boston. Uh, I think his argument was mostly the Bruins aren't a cup contender right now, realistically, and so sending Swayman down would hurt his development, and it's pointless if you're going to bring in Rask because like, kind of like you said, Swayman's not the problem. I feel like there's two flaws with the argument there, which is one, like, obviously, and he did kind of mention this, but, like, like Rask still makes you a better team. Like, Swayman isn't the problem, but Rask undoubtedly makes you better, which he did He did note. Um, but the, the crazier part for me, which I see Kat making a face, so I'll toss to her in just a sec, but I don't think sending Swayman down to, to start, you know, 80% of the games in Providence at his age is going to be a problem. And I, I understand, like, there's there's different skill levels there and obviously the nhl is 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 a little bit of a different beast than the ahl but at the end of the day this dude never really had that experience and yes he's looked great in the nhl but at his age i don't think there's going to be any problem to send him down to the ahl it's still some really fucking good hockey being played down there and you know especially if you can send him down hey here's a couple of things that maybe you should work on a little bit more of a controlled setting i don't see that as a problem at all and if it helps your team in the process you know, and I think I saw uh, Ian McLaren, another good friend of the pod, tweeting about this earlier in response to that and saying, look, Swayman knew what he signed up. Like, this isn't a surprise for Swayman at this point. He went into the season knowing that this situation was, hey, if Tuka Rask comes back, he's our guy. And that's, you know, he's been okay with that all season. So I don't think that it's going to – I don't think he's going to be – but like, that was, I think that was another argument that, that DJ had was like, hey, what is that – what kind of message does that send to Swayman? And I don't think that's any surprise. Like, you're not going to get butthurt that he about – he sucks. Fuck you. Don't <laughs> ever play for this hockey team ever yeah. again. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get butthurt about bringing in the, the best goalie that your, your franchise has ever seen and one of the best goalies 
the NHL has seen in decades. Uh, and as as much as Swayman likes to say that he's a normal guy, I think he's like a very abnormal dude who just like I, I think he like he gives me a lot of Tuga vibes with like yeah, just I don't think he could give a shit what people. Are doing. And, uh, Is that Swayman or Olmark? Swayman. Yeah, I, I don't get the the impression that like he would have any sort of issue with that. And and again, it's like this is the only reason that he got this opportunity to begin with was because of injuries. Like on his normal path, he would still be playing in the minors right now. And it's great that we've gotten a glimpse of what he can do. But you know, and and we've we've been able to label him kind of as the goaltender of the future as a result of that. But like he's still the goaltender of the future. Like we still have a ways to go with him. And and again, I don't think right now bringing in a goaltender who is better than he is is going to be an issue for for either party right now yeah i think one of the arguments i heard you quote i think it was from dj bean was that the the bruins aren't a contender right now i still think they're a wild card team and yeah they're not like they used to be in the past as one of the front runners potentially but i think if you add two karask to the mix i mean he He's shown that he can carry a struggling offense and a not too great defense to the Stanley Cup final. I think I think it just bolsters your lineup, and I think you you do actually have a chance with him. I'm not saying it's going to make the Bruins one of the top teams in the Atlantic or anything. I still think there's some scary teams there, but I, I do think he gives them a better shot. And I think if if you're going for it, if you're going to be a playoff team, why not be the best playoff team you can be? And that's with Rask. Yeah, before we let Cat talk, which I'm sure we will at some point, um, I, I did want to piggyback onto that where, yeah, I think every year there are teams that kid themselves and say like, oh, well, all we got to do is make it to the playoffs and then like our goalie can steal a bunch of games and we can ride that to the playoff or to the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup final. And that's uh, something that does happen occasionally. And like, but what are the chances of that happening if you're the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think the Bruins are one of those teams that can uh, justify saying that because you have such a talented first line. You do have talented players on the blue line where if these guys get hot and you have a hot goalie, like absolutely you could make a run. So I think it's really dumb not to try, especially when you're talking about players who are at the very back end of their window. Yeah. Well, they have the experience. That's, a lot of those teams that kind of kid themselves on it are ones that don't necessarily have a, not just a, a group of veterans who have been to the playoffs multiple times, but a group who have been to the playoffs together. Because we've seen teams like the Penguins, we've seen teams like the Capitals uh, make it into the playoffs and then make it farther than necessarily expected because their veterans not only know what they're doing in the playoffs, but know what they're doing together. They've they've played that playoff hockey, which is a different pace, together. And they they can anticipate each other a little bit easier. And the Bruins kind of technically still have that a little bit. I think at this point, Pasternak technically counts as a part of that core-ish veteran group um, that has been to the playoffs together multiple times. So, yeah. And say so. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Just from a, from a pure goaltending standpoint, Kat. I mean, I don't think it's any. I don't think we're breaking any news here, saying that Tuukka Rask is is a better option than Olmark and and Swayman at this point. But what is your take on the sending down Swayman is gonna stall his development or send a, send a bad message kind of thing? I think it's stupid to say that that would be a bad thing 
to sign Tukarask. Uh, I think that's just stupidity. No disrespect to people who think it's a bad idea. Like, whatever. But no, I... <laughs> no, no, I think you're like, stupid. No disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> but also whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, I, I think that the Coyote, or sorry, the Bruins. Wow. Um, the Bruins aren't necessarily a, a top contender, but the Cabernet Sauvignon and Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're playing right now, so I keep getting updates. Um, no, I think the the Bruins aren't aren't a top contender, but the team that we all thought would be the, the most powerful contender in the East just dropped, what, 11 in a row? Um, the Islanders are in ultimately in free fall. Um, I believe they still haven't won at home, um, which is yikes. Um, I hope Mikey's listening. Their, their new home. I hope Mikey doesn't listen. Sorry, Mikey. Um, and so I think this this season's kind of up for grabs. Uh, teams that should be doing well are kind of struggling. Teams that should be struggling or doing okay with the exclusion of like the Canucks and the Coyotes. Um, and a lot of teams are dealing with COVID outbreaks. And so I think if you have a veteran who knows your team, knows your system, is proven to be more than capable down the back stretch and into the playoffs and is willing to take a discount to come on for the rest of the season and pretty much do whatever you you want him to. I, I think it would be insane not to jump at that offer if you have the cap space. Oh yeah, like, by the way, you don't think that man could get five million dollars playing anywhere? Literally anywhere right now. There's Edmonton so many would probably teams that are dealing with six. Yeah. I, I think the Flyers would make him GM if they could. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's he's a good mentor to have around he's only a net positive off the ice for being around Olmark and Swayman. I think Jeremy Swayman has looked really good. He's looked NHL capable, but he can certainly use some time away from, even if he comes across as being someone who's perfectly fine dealing with quote unquote Bruins Twitter and, you know, just ignoring it. I think it certainly helps getting a pressure free situation, getting to get in some extra reps there's nothing bad about the AHL. It's a pretty high quality league. It's when you look at the, when you look at like the NHL equivalency stats, it's second only, I believe to the KHL in terms of quality. Uh, Your points translation from the AHL is Mm -hmm. closest to the NHL compared to almost every other league in the world. Um, And there's, we're all being really confident that number one, Ullman, and Omark and Swayman are going to stay healthy and that they're both going to do okay down this stretch until presumably Rask gets signed. So I don't know. I think it's only a positive having Tuka Rask around on the ice, only a positive having around off the ice. I think a lot of teams are losing crucial guys in really weird moments. We've seen multiple teams have to have to bring out e-bugs for games because they don't have room on their rosters to have an extra goalie the Bruins are a team that has room for it and I think it would be absolutely insane not to to just jump at that get that ebuv in there that e-buff. E-buff. <laughs> um and just the I don't I feel like if you're listening to this podcast you probably aren't concerned about this but like Rask is going to sign with the Bruins like the the mutual interest is obviously there he he's literally said like money's not an issue 
I wanted to, I've always wanted to play in Boston, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. So if you're looking for that kind of controversy, uh, you probably want to try to look for that elsewhere. I think my Um, only thing about that controversy is that he said he would play for a case of Bud Light and not Miller Light. Yeah, we can, we can, we can bleep that out and uh, do a little, do a little editing here in the magical year of 2021. Cat, if <laughs> there's something that Jeremy Swayman should work on here, I know there's been some discussion about his rebound control as a, as a potential work or area of work. I've um, never seen I, someone roll their eyes hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that um, your definition or understanding of rebound control is going to be very different than most of the armchair Twitter GMs out there. Um, I'm curious to think, see rather what what your take on Swayman's rebound control has been like so far I, I don't know, I'd say this season but through his, his short career uh, whether that is an, an area that you think you need to see some improvement or whether people just have no fucking idea what they're talking about I would go with the latter um I <laughs> I just I want occasionally I want to tweet back at some of those people and just ask them to define rebound control. See if they can screenshot a moment where Jeremy Swayman looks like he has bad rebound control and point out why, because I think, I think that's an area that uh, Lena Solmark could probably stand to improve. And I think that a lot of fans have maybe seen that in games and then just in their brains sort of equated, Oh, Lena Solmark is struggling with rebound control. You know, he's allowing a lot of goals on second, third shots. Uh, We're seeing rebounds from Jeremy Swayman too. Must be bad. And I just, I think it's, it's a pipe dream to assume that a goaltender is never going to allow rebounds. Um, A lot of rebound control is very intentional with, with goaltenders. Um, It goes down. It's, it's real geeky. Like it goes not Morgan geeky. Um, shout out to Chanel. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, some goaltenders will Chanel. wear, I, I had to name drop Chanel in here. My, my co-host. In, Co-co-host. In yes. Um, some goaltenders wear specific pads based on the rigidity versus the, oh, I love the pliability that. of the material used to make it. Um, there are some pads like, like the Bauer pads tend to be a little bit stiffer. You get a much farther rebound. Um, some of the Brian's pads, some of the, I want to say it's the Vons absorb it pretty well. So the puck almost like, like putting backspin on a tennis ball where it sort of creates that drop and keeps it from bouncing back effectively uh some of those softer pads will absorb the puck and almost sort of drop it dead right at the goaltender's feet um some guys prefer to shoot those pucks out farther uh because they want it farther away from them depending on who their teammates are you know if you have a guy who's really good at standing along the half wall back by the blue line to scoop up that rebound and carry it back up the ice go for a harder pad um try and redirect more of those pucks away I know I talked with Darcy Kemper about it one time. He uh, had been allowing some rebounds, but he was wearing a slightly softer pad, so the puck wasn't rebounding as far. He was able to smother it if he needed to. Louis Domingue used to intentionally cover pucks with the Coyotes, um, specifically because he had a really good relationship with their defensive centers, and he felt much more confident in allowing a defensive zone faceoff than he did in allowing a second or third shot by allowing the puck to essentially bounce back into play. Um, if you look back at old 
old footage of Tuka Rask with the Bruins, he allowed plenty of rebounds. Um, he tended to allow them to push to the outside of the slot, sometimes right up center ice, you know, right across that Royal Road, so to speak. Um, but the Bruins have a really good group, or at least they used to have a really good core group, which included uh, David Krejci, who's off delivering his gifts in the Czech Republic instead. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Really good at scooping up those rebounds and essentially turning the play back up the ice. I think Martian and Bergeron are both very good at doing that. Um, but we have a younger defensive core right now. They're not quite as cohesive at figuring out those little, not not intimate, but those little intricate details of the way that their goaltender is playing. Figuring out those patterns, it's part of what makes it kind of a learning curve, getting a new goaltender in the system. Um I don't think there's anything wrong with Jeremy Swayman's rebound control. I think he's pretty good at positioning himself so that he doesn't fall forward when he makes saves. Um, so he's pretty good at getting back on his skates and moving if he needs to make a second or third save. Um, pretty good at following the puck with his eyes and his head back out into play. So he's pretty good at getting himself reset and not losing track of where that puck's bouncing. He just allows rebounds and doesn't absorb them right at his feet and then essentially cover them up to allow that defensive zone face off, which if people want, want their goaltender to cover up every puck, I don't know, go watch beer league. Um, I don't know what else to tell him, but I think, I think he looks fine in that area. He probably still needs a little bit of time to sort of figure out and establish where he needs creativity versus consistency. Um, no goaltender is going to be able to use those robotic, you know, clean cut saves every single time. So figuring out how to gauge his own timing, you know, is this a place where I can get reset and make a proper save? Or is this somewhere where I need to throw caution to the wind and, you know, just get, mix it up a little bit. He was excellent at that in college, but that's a learning curve. Um, and he still needs a little bit of work there. We've seen it on some of his second saves, some of his third saves, but that's, that just comes with time. That's not something that he necessarily needs to practice. So I hope that, I, I hope that clears it up for our, our avid listeners who, who would love to see him. Yeah. I don't know. Stop, stop rebounding the puck. They, they sure rage everybody. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I'm sure everybody who's been complaining about his rebound control is listening. Right now, so. Thank you. Well, I, I don't have like <clears throat> anything great to add, but I will <laughs> add that. I think, I think a lot of people think like rebound control is like, a black and white he gives up rebounds or he doesn't whereas it's more controlling where that rebound goes trying to get it to the, the area. but it sounds like no but it sounds like a lot of yeah, people no, think rebound control is you're right you're right he gives up a rebound then oh god he sucks oh, and if that's the case then every goalie fucking sucks like every goalie has bad rebound control that's every it's, it's kind of that grass is greener situation you know you see your own goaltender allow rebounds and you you get nervous when you see the puck re-enter play. Whereas on the other end of the ice, you, you don't necessarily think about whether or not the goaltender allowed a rebound. You think about the fact that their defense scooped it up and was essentially preventing that effective zone entry for guys to come in and collect those pucks from, from right around the slot. So I think a lot of people just kind of forget that every goaltender allows rebounds. And I, I think they forget that Tuka Rask used to he used to allow some gnarly rebounds sometimes, especially when he was having his uh he occasionally had those days where he was not 
super perfect and he would allow a rebound while continuing to move and so he would overslide while the puck was yep. bouncing back well, out in the play we've discussed this before. yeah and i was not a huge <laughs> fan of that um and i think a lot of people forget that he did that um and you know they see swayman allow one or two rebounds in a game the defense is still kind of figuring themselves out i think as a group and as pairings and Very much occasionally so, yeah. they they misjudge you know where that rebound is headed and how reset he is and he allows a goal and they and twitter melts down and i did see somebody tweet about how his rebound control sucked during an olmark start which was kind of fun um <laughs> but <laughs> yes Wow. I think yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Bruins fandom if people weren't extremely upset with their very, very above average goaltenders um for nothing at all. I looked it up and uh Jeremy Swayman has one start this season that qualifies as a really bad start by uh Rob Volman's metric. So the rest the have te- been that's the technical term. He calls it a really bad start. Yes, yeah, it's it's that's RBS. So funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's I believe anything that's an eight fifty or below. Um, okay. Because it's it's based on percentage chance you give your team to win, and anything that's like an eight fifty or below, you've essentially dropped your team's percentage of winning to the point where they would have to bail you out, not leaving it up to chance. Um, and he's had one. The rest have been either perfectly passable or I think he's had eight quality starts and he's played like, let's see, he has played in 12 games and he has had eight quality starts. That's a six, six, seven quality start percentage. Uh, The last time Frederick Anderson was in Vesna contention, he had around a 650. I believe Tuka Rask usually hovers around 600 for a full season. So I think Jeremy Swayman's doing just fine. Reminder, he's... He's 23 years old. Our sweet boy. He's, he's an infant. <laughs> Our sweet baby he boy. Just 23. Our small child. Uh, I would love to have a conversation with Joe Haggerty about uh, Tuga Rask and uh, what his, his quality start percentage is. Yeah, and, I hope uh, percentage start really arguing stars. with Jake DeBrusque's mom about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> man, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else we have to touch on goaltending-wise. Um, I'm absolutely positive that... <laughs> Neither Chris, Drew, nor I has anything more technical to add to what uh, I mean, Katja like said. Goalies, yeah. man. I would say uh, Linus Olmark. Um, the one thing I've noticed that seems pretty obvious is that he's got a below average glove in terms of just being able to hold on to the puck, which is That's a little the Darcy frustrating. Kemper. That's the Darcy <laughs> Kemper standard right there. Some guys prefer a, a less broken-in glove, um, which is... Like, I, I joke about it being the Darcy Kemper standard, but Kemper went through, I believe, 14 gloves one year. He told me that pretty much as soon as it starts to break in, he requests a new one because um, they like it to be a little stiffer, almost rebound-esque there. Um, I think that they could stand to play a few seasons of baseball and figure out that you yeah. can catch the puck. Um, <laughs> but And for the record, uh, Tuka Rask, career 610 quality start percentage um the last time the team was very very good was that was what the 2019 stanley cup playoff run he had a 533 quality start percentage i think jeremy swain is gonna do just fine um but no linus allmark doesn't seem to be able to figure out where he allows those rebounds off his glove which is 
terrifying. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> a little concerning. Um, <laughs> Shrug. Anything else on this note? Or do All mark to the AHL. All mark to the I- no. Okay, that Look, can't. I mean, happen, I was saying unless he agrees to it. So. <laughs> And oh, maybe that's he'll true. Agree to it. I don't think I, I don't see how that would be beneficial to him. Maybe it should be like player. They should be like, player. Maybe be the like look, the AHL gives better hugs than Swayman does, and, and he's look, down with that. But it's the AHL or Buffalo. Which do you want, Old? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hidden clause to send him. Back I think to Linus Olmark got brought up to the he NHL no faster than the team planned on it in Buffalo because they had no one else. So I think he maybe could stand to spend a little time getting back to basics yeah but that's for um, another podcast and uh you got a, a no movement clause in the way so yeah yikes yeah. <laughs> that makes it a little harder all right everybody just a quick reminder that the Bruce and bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. football fans i'm sure we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available yet in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer, restriction supply, DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Woo! All right, I guess we'll pivot here um, to a, another league goaltender making some headlines today. Uh, Robin Leonard announced today, being Monday, that he is declining an invitation to play for Team Sweden at the upcoming Beijing Olympics uh, out of mental health concerns. Uh, obviously, we are still very much in the middle of a pandemic that seems to be getting scarier at this point uh, with the the Omicron variant. You know, we'll, see if, we'll, we'll leave it to the, the doctors uh, for that one as much as Ted Cruz would like to tell you something else. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I have read that really anyone glad who tests Ted positive on this year. Oh, yeah, no, it was Ted Cruz and Crush and Bruise well, podcast. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, All right, it's canceled. We're done. Uh, anyway, Robin Leonard will not be going to Beijing. Uh, any player, I guess, who tests positive is going to have to quarantine, I believe, for three weeks in China. Um, if I read that correctly, and China. Yeah, Leonard tweeted out today um, that he is not going to be taking that risk, uh, and I certainly can't blame him. Um, I know he's been a, a leader in the in the mental health space, especially in the hockey community, um, which is not an easy space to do that with, as we've seen with uh, everything. Look at look at everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of give him props for that. Uh, obviously, a tough decision to make, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, any player I think who grows up with that kind of ability dreams of playing in the Olympics. Um, so that must have been an incredibly difficult decision to make, but. Um, putting his mental health first, I think, is something that we can all respect here. And uh, hopefully, you know, any other people who are kind of jousting with that might be, you know, a little more comfortable making a similar decision. Obviously, we've got a ways to go here still until that happens, though it is kind of sneaking up on us right now. Uh, I don't know if anybody has any specific thoughts on that beyond what I kind of just said there, but 
just wanted to give him a kind of a, a stick tap, if you will, for uh, for putting that out there. Yeah, taking care of your mental health. Good. Hot takes. China. <laughs> Maybe less good. <laughs> uh, I right. mean, three weeks is a long time. Three I think weeks is a long time. Yeah. That's about how long Arizona shut down um, when the pandemic first started. Um, and I got to quarantine for three weeks with my child um and i started that certainly wasn't great for my mental health um i very notably sent her to live with my parents for three months after that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's great. i i get it i think that's i think honestly we'll probably see more players whether they'll be bold enough to list that as the reason or not i think is going to be up for debate but i certainly think we'll see that from more guys bowing yeah. out for fear of not you know for not wanting to to potentially have to quarantine in in a foreign country for for three weeks so yeah i mean the the more likely scenario is they say well uh i don't want to have to miss nhl games because i'm quarantining in china because i'm a team player and one of the boys yeah, Arr. that's probably more likely. I don't know why I got a pirate vibe. Noted team players, pirates. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, I'll be in Pittsburgh this weekend. The Shout Portland Pirates. Rest in peace to the hockey team. Yeah, who apparently oh. their uh, their mascot, his name was Salty Pete, <laughs> which I kind of love. <laughs> so hey, the San Diego Seals uh, mascot is named Salty. And that's I love excellent. that. Shane um, Ghost Despair just scored, by the way. Noted Norris candidate Shane Ghost Despair. Uh, on, on record saying that uh, Philly really fucked up. Uh, one <laughs> no by treating that, him too, too painful. <laughs> For the return, to which was nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they literally paid Arizona nothing to take it was a, they gave well, It was them a second and a seventh. Picks. Yeah. Yes. I think I've mentioned it on the pod, but my my favorite Shane Gossespierre stat is that in the uh, for 2014, I think it was, National Championship game with Union, uh, he was like a plus seven, which is just <laughs> fucking insane. Um, yeah, that dude's nasty. It's crazy that Philly willingly got rid of him. Hey, that's that's six pluses higher than, uh, than uh, Jack Adams uh, from Boxford. <laughs> uh. There you go. Um, I don't believe Cat listened to the last episode, so that's gonna. It's a oh. doozy, <laughs> aren't they all? Um, all right, I, we're gonna save most of our listener questions for Friday, but in the interest of uh, Murphy's Law, I did want to get this one in uh, from. He hasn't been on. Oh, he has been on actually through our uh, our one listeners episode. A good friend of the pod, Robert Schlosser, asked. Uh, first of all, about David Poster not getting his teeth fixed, which maybe we'll save that one for, for Friday content. But his second uh, question was, at risk of this being old news when the pod drops without naming names, if Jake DeBrus were traded for another middle six forward, would you prefer a center, left wing, or right wing? Uh, I think personally, you got to try to grab a center if you can in, in most situations, especially when you look at losing David Krejci and the Bruins' kind of obvious lack of center depth right now. Um that's what you want to target, but obviously centers can be expensive for that reason because they are so important on both ends of the ice. Um, yeah, anybody anybody disagreeing with that? Are we all on 
on the center boat. No, I mean, I think you might have to pay up with like a pick or something, like a kicker of some sort if you're if you're grabbing a center. And also, obviously, the center you're getting is going to be somebody of the quality of Jake DeBrusque, maybe somebody who hasn't really panned out so far for the team. So, um, yeah, I you're think not going to be. Schultz is up for grabs. <laughs> you're not going to be getting uh, anybody fantastic in return. And basically, what you're hoping for is that somebody uh, with a change of scenery improves their game. And so, I don't think anyone's going to be overwhelmed by. Uh, by a deal no matter what and i think if you're getting a, a winger it's also not going to be someone fantastic so I, i'd rather take the shot and go for a, a center than than anybody else yeah i think what uh, about a goalie yeah i was, right. gonna, I was gonna say defenseman i um, think drew and i were on the same wavelength here we just had like that's not where they need chaos. the most we were help. willing to introduce <laughs> Uh, do you think we talk about this kind of with, with drafting a lot? Um, but I think it could kind of be applicable here. Do you like, how much do you weigh going for the best player that you, you know, the best available player, if you will, that you could get back in a trade versus trying to center in no pun intended on plugging certain holes that you have fixed there. Would you guys like, where's that line of like, Hey, this guy's probably going to like, or, you know, is, is a better bet to help our team from his skill set, but we need to plug that center hole. Where would you guys kind of value that? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> I think... Oh, I, God. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine, for being the only one to take that seriously. I, I took it Hit seriously. Me, really mature person. Laughing. And then... <laughs> um, I think just about every deep dive into drafting has made it clear that going for the best player available is most likely to earn you success. Right. So I think best player available, um, which I mean, if you have two equally effective players available to you, you go for the one that serves a bigger need, but you go for the best available. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm thinking like, if you're talking about marginally different players, like player evaluation is not an exact science, especially when you're talking about players who haven't succeeded thus far in the NHL, which is what you're probably looking at getting back. So um, yeah, under those circumstances, sure. Uh, go, go for the center. But if you're talking about wildly different player evaluations, like talking about plugging a specific hole in terms of like type of player on your roster, like, Oh, if you want to grab a, a big hitter kind of player. Like I absolutely every single time rather you take like a small skill type player than somebody who's just going to like bring you some grit on the back end or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> get with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for joining yeah, us, Drew. Hey, yeah, you're welcome. No, go By for the it. Way, to the original today... question, get a center. That's what I'll say. I just wanted to point out that tonight is uh, former Bruins legend Louis Erickson's 1,000th NHL game. So He's still in the congrats. NHL? I thought he, he like... plays for the Arizona Coyotes. He, he was in the Oliver oh, so like, yeah. Connor Garland deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think time has shown that the uh, Tyler Sagan trade was actually a good deal. Um Riley Smith, very successful. Um, 
Louis Erickson gave the Bruins three excellent years of uh, his last play. three excellent years. It turns out, yeah, yeah, and and then immediately fell off a cliff, and the Bruins decided let's not re-sign him and sign an also bad player instead. Um, but I mean, as, in terms of like value returned, yeah, I mean Tyler Sagan was fucking incredible for for those few years following the trade but also just didn't really have a place to play on the Bruins roster. Like, what do you want him doing? Like playing right wing on the top line? Uh, do you want him playing center on the third line? Like it just hadn't been successful really in those roles. Um, it was very weird looking back at some of his fancy stats and seeing that like, oh, like maybe they were right. And he just like wasn't much of a positive. Um, but yeah, had had like a, a nice 30 goal season with like 20 assists or something. And then Louie came in and did basically the same thing. Um, and in and addition, you guys also Riley struggling Smith. by this point too. I'd say Tyler Sagan's drop off has been. Oh, Tyler Sagan is awful, though, but it's but it's mostly injury related, I think. Yeah, he. I actually got to uh, to cover my first in person NHL game this year um, for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, it me, Dallas Stars beat writer, um, two weekends ago, <laughs> and. Uh, I was shocked because I'd, I'd seen that his numbers weren't great and I'd seen that Jamie Benn's numbers weren't great, but uh, it was it was kind of shocking to see just how slow he's gotten injury-wise. I mean, he, he still has his shot. Um, he's not as effective with it anymore, but he, he still has a pretty decent set of hands. Um, but he was just a beat behind the play the whole time. And... Jamie Ben without Tyler Sagan is horrific. Um, so the two of them are currently playing, I believe Ben is on the second line optimistically, but playing in very sheltered minutes. And Tyler Sagan is on the third line, which is not something that I thought would happen by the time. Cause he's a year younger than I am. Um, well, they had to replace that. Corey Perry. <laughs> uh, iconic Corey Perry. Love that guy. Um, I saw out there that the the Bruins should get Getzlav. Speaking of Anaheim Ducks players, that Ducks. Are no. great. No, no. <laughs> no, that's the whiniest player I've ever watched in my life. Who and Perry or Getzlav? Getzlav. Famously, Corey I believe Perry's... got suspended for uh, saying a gay slur. So, oh, good. Um, good stuff. Part two, I think I saw on Twitter that it was the 10-year anniversary of Tyler Sagan missing team breakfast as well. So uh, oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, also on, on Twitter, I just found out that uh, Jack Ashan's at is at Lil Uzi Akon, which I kind of love. <laughs> um, so there's a couple couple random notes for you. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up here and we'll we'll go to our Friday content and answer some some listener questions, which – yeah. Um all right, let's let's wrap it up. Uh bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>